Now listen closely. They will attack your eyes till nothing remains but two bloody sockets. Ladies and gentlemen, my subject is disturbed tonight. Her world is disturbed. Now I saw those bodies and whoever mutilated them has a very special problem. There's nothing to be afraid of. Stay Scary Podcast. No, probably not. Um, and I don't know where Footfoot was. She was in the hallway. She's not by the... Glowering at us because she, she vomited this morning. She projectile vomited. We uh, woke up. Kevin and I, our alarm went off at the crack of ass because, you know, it's the crack of ass. So it's still dark and we're lying there adjusting to the horror of being awake and all of a sudden all right so you might want to fast forward through this because i'm about to emulate uh vomit noising not vomit noising i'm <laughs> cat my cat so yeah so we're lying there <laughs> alarm goes off we're lying there again adjusting to the horror of being awake and I hear this <coughs> Hey, listen, when you grow up with cats your whole life and I'm like, all right, you know, it's got to be funky. So we get out of bed and there's just I didn't. Yeah, you heard you heard, didn't you? That was that was the call. I was I was mocking you. We also make fun of her when she sneezes. She does this. What celebrity voice does your cat have? Uh, foot foot? Probably, um, I'm trying to think of like, what's the bitchiest actress? Who's the bitchiest? Who's like the bitch? Jo- Joan Crawford? No, I don't know about Joan. I mean, it, I, I feel like she'd be, uh, probably more of a, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, she's, she's horrible. She's a horrible, horrible, horrible cat i love her but she's awful and so i come we come out and you know we have to get the rug the spot cleaner and the the scrub brush and oh yeah so i didn't vacuum for you yin i vacuumed because that living room carpet was a minefield of vomit this morning i wouldn't know and, and actually, she's so innocent. She looks so darling underneath she's that tree. She's sitting under the tree looking just pretty and fluffy. And you would never know what a vomit cannon she was this morning. She looks like a little loaf of bread. A little cat loaf of bread. Yeah. Just like fluffy vomit, and warm. Vomit cannon. She, vomit. Sa- she says you're lying. She just looked at me and she mouthed the words, Liar. Right no. behind your back. Yeah, well. Liar. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't be the worst thing she's thought about me. Um, anyway, so <laughs> welcome to a very special episode of Stay's Gary Podcast. I'm Lisa McColgan. I'm Ian Kiefer. And we are once again recording from my dining room. The Hexen the, House. The last at the Hexen House, Das Hexen House. Um, and the last time we recorded here, it was all decked out for Halloween. And now it's all decked out for Christmas. 
How do you like my decor? I love it. I think it's really lovely. I am a bit of a Spartan when it comes to any kind of decorating. So this is like really, it gives you a lot to look at, but it's, it's lovely. I, I, yeah, my, my mother was one of those is, well, not so much now because her cat is actually more of an asshole than, than, than foot foot. (laughs) Um, so she does not put a tree up anymore because sassy Sassy will take down the tree. Well, you named the cat Sassy. Like Sassy, well, was Sassafras, but oh. it's Sassy for short. Sassy will take down the tree. Footfoot will just sit underneath it. She won't. She won't chew on it. She won't knock anything down. She won't climb it. And Mephisto doesn't either. They're both very chill about the tree and about the decorations. But what Footfoot will do is vomit all over the house. At six o'clock in the morning. But only after she's eaten some garland. Yeah, because that's what's doing it. She chews. We have the hanging garland over the the big doorway here between the living room and the dining room. And she'll, she'll like, chew on it. She'll get this blissed out look on her face. She's just like, nah, nah, nah. She thinks it's catnip. Yeah, I don't know she's what she thinks like, it is. High. I don't know if it just feels good or what. But, like, we've never been able to get this bitch to not chew on the garland. Yeah, I have that problem too. Never been able too. to do that. What you? That's why. I what Arlie? Arlie chews on the garland. No, I chew on the garland. <laughs> uh, yeah. So stay scary. Very it's special like a, episode. It's a deficiency in my diet. I think. I don't know. You have pica. I must. That's it. Pica. I knew somebody. I grew up with somebody whose whose mom used to roll um, raw potatoes in dirt and eat it because when she was pregnant with her because she had pica. Yeah, there's there's got to be a very specific deficiency to want to do that. But could be just a deficiency in common sense. I don't know. No, Um, no, yeah, sure. Hormones, hormones, raw potatoes rolled in dirt. That's what she wanted to eat. Anyway, uh, God, I'm gonna have to do so much editing now (laughs) already, (laughs) and we're only what like (laughs) I don't even know. We're only like two minutes into it. Anyway, yeah. So, say scary podcast. What? Oh, I want to talk about the bell snickle. Oh, okay. Or because we talked about Krampus last time. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, this is coming out like a couple of days before Christmas. So we wanted to um, bypass the um, studio, the official studio today, and do it here. Because this is a little more chill. This um, is homey. It's homey. It's quite and, homey. And, it, uh, and although I haven't gotten my Krampus pillow covers yet, those <gasps> are coming. No. I'm getting Krampus pillow covers. Ugh. Yeah. Because, um, you know, there's if you look around, there's little what-the-fuck bombs around the house with the decor. I mean, a lot of it is very traditional Christmas, but then I've got some little what-the-fuck bombs. Well, you've got the, the little Nightmare Before Christmas tree yeah, to I my right. Yeah, I got that there. And if you look... Um, uh, uh, in the living room, um, you know how I have the baby doll heads in the apothecary jars. Yeah. Um, you'll see it on your way out. Um, I put a Santa hat on one of the baby doll heads <laughs> and then put it back in the apothecary jar. <laughs> God, it's okay. We're so all yeah, so we're doing uh, scary ghost stories because you're picking up on where we la- left off with episode 14, talking about uh, Christmas horror, and we talked about the Krampus and some other stuff, and and there's that song in happy holidays you know the andy williams classic where they talk about there'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories and 
a lot of people are like, why, why, but why, why, particularly Americans, I think, why would you tell a ghost story at Christmas? Because that tradition has been pretty much wiped out of modern American Christmas. You it don't, needs to be brought back. They have, they have stripped Christmas of anything scary. And as I've said numerous times, Christmas is, is frightening enough. And you should bring back these traditions because maybe it will make things a little less stressful for everybody. I agree. If we talk about monsters. And uh, so we talked about Krampus and, and you want to talk about. Well, the, you know, you brought up this point that it's this time of year. I think our days are so very, the daylight is so very short and our nights are long. It gets dark so uh, quickly, I think it really does lend itself to having, you know, these let's gather around the fire and tell some stories to pass the time because we're not going outside and, and playing or anything. So it makes total sense. And, you know, how many times are, I, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, walking or walking the streets of Malden, walking the streets of anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, during the day. <laughs> Malden is certainly terrifying <laughs> in its own right. Sometimes. But it depends on where you go and what time it is and, you know, what's, what's happening. But, um, you know, you're walking and how many times is somebody walking maybe a block behind you and you just kind of look over your shoulder just to make sure you're not being followed. Mm-hmm. And that's more likely to happen in around this time because it gets darker faster. But if it were, say, you know, summertime at five o'clock in the afternoon, you wouldn't really think too much about it. No, no. So it, it things do get a little spookier this time of year. Things that are innocent get a little bit more ominous. Mm-hmm. And and you know this is also a perfect time to remind our kids because they're about to get a lot of candy and sweets and uh, presents, that, carbs, carbs, all of those things. All that of make the them carbs bounce off the walls. That they better mind their p's and q's because you might get a visit from Krampus, or if you're from Pennsylvania Dutch country, as, um, as you are, as I am from, yeah, you might get a visit from the Bellsnickel. <gasps> the Bellsnickel. The Bellsnickel. What, what is the Bellsnickel? <laughs> the Bellsnickel is, um, well, the Bellsnickel is a, a figurehead, uh, usually, and, and the, the name Bellsnickel uh, literally translates into uh, N- St. Nicholas in Furs. And so... Like Venus in Fur? <laughs> maybe. Shiny, shiny, shiny boots of leather. Santa's coming <laughs> down the chimney tonight. Sorry. <laughs> but it's not unheard of in Pennsylvania. Is it, well, maybe more in the the 30s maybe and 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 before that um you know, I think World War One, World War Two, uh, kind of put a damper on on the uh, the Pennsylvania German population to want to have any kind of affiliation with Germany because of all of the things that were going on at that time. Right. Yeah. So they kind of moved away, and then they allowed the um, you know the Macy's Day uh, Santa Claus to kind of come to the forefront. But once upon a time in uh, Pennsylvania Dutch country, you could hear a knock at the door. It's the bell snicker. Oh! <laughs> Open the door. I want to find out who's been good and who's been bad. That sounds rather like Krampus. <laughs> no, it's the bell snicker. Yeah, but just... then, what is the difference? <laughs> I live here. <laughs> 
because it was probably sorry it was probably somebody's mom or dad because they they also call um it's, it's the it's also the the dark woman or something like that so Ooh. anyway so bell snickle is dressed up in a bunch of furs uh masks sometimes face sooty looking hair crazy sometimes wearing antlers and in one hand there would be you know gifts and candy and things like that in the other hand there'd be um uh, switch birch switches and so everybody got a spanking basically it didn't matter if you were good or bad everybody got a whipping nice yeah because you know just to let you know if you were bad because they he would ask were you good this year and if the kids said yes they might make the kid uh, sing some songs or say some pro- you know bible verses or something like that send him on his way but give him a whack just to remind him what it feels like to get whacked so that they don't mess up in the future uh-huh. but if uh you know because the bell snickle was somebody in your neighborhood or somebody in your house they saw you doing bad things and they'll bring it up it's kind of like it almost reminds me of festivus where there's there's like this airing of the grievances i saw how you did this uh-huh. and, I, and so you're gonna get a whack on the behind nice and that's it so it kind of so it is sort of like the venus and fur uh... <laughs> Santa and fur. You're Santa and fur. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna experience pain whether you've been good or bad. Pretty much. Nice. Yeah. So that's the bell snickle. So that's a, and this is also, you know, that that old times when you know hitting your kids wasn't wasn't frowned upon. But you know, we don't quite do that now. Personally, <laughs> have you been bad, Lisa? <laughs> I've been very, very. Bad, Mr. Bellsnickel. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bellsnickel. Well, he's got a switch for you. I got a switch. <laughs> got a switch for Bellsnickel. I was going to look up a picture of Bellsnickel, but my computer just is, is being a dick right now. So I don't know. Well, anyway, well, that's that's that that's my that's my story from back home of the bell snickle, the bell snickle, and the and the craziness that uh, that he would reap upon children if whether they were good or not. Why is my computer being a dick? Bad or not? Bell snickle, good, bad, doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It that just I doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. I don't want why. Why being a dick? It's. <laughs> I just want to look at... I bet there's Bell Snickles porn. Oh, my God. Do you know... I bet there's Bell... Why? Have you watched it? No. I'm, I couldn't imagine see, Pennsylvania now my, Dutch porn. Now my computer is working, so I'm looking at... Bell Snickle porn. porn. Here we go. No. Bell Snickle. I'm looking it no. up. I'm looking it up. Oh, please don't I'm looking, ruin this. Oh, I just spelled it prawn. <laughs> Bell Snickle prawn. <laughs> lovely with some butter and garlic bell snickle prawn <laughs> little cocktail sauce my, my bell snickle god damn it well the bell snickle does have a prawn what bell snickle porn let me spell it right spell it google you should have known and when i and when i did it it didn't go did you mean bell snickle porn it didn't do that that's because even even google knows not to do that no that's not no my mother one time looked up zombie porn they have that. Listen, if it exists, there's a porn for it. Oh Don't you know that rule? God. Oh, uh, see, now it's being slow and dickish again. And I want Bell Snickel porn. There's so much we're gonna have to edit out of this. There might be Krampus porn. I could see. Uh, that. Listen, I know there's Krampus porn. You've seen it. Uh, I'm. I'm. I guarantee. You started it. 
I started it. I Lisa. guarantee there is such a thing <laughs> as Krampus porn, but my computer isn't my internet connection like, or something. Like, how does that work? My oh, laptop Krampus. just does not want to do Krampus. I'm going to fondle your horns. Listen, I told you before about there's Shh. there's Yeti porn. Oh my! God. Or were you were you were you co-host? But I when I was talking about the Yeti porn, which, which episode was this? I don't remember, but I was talking about. Oh, was I was this uh, the horror crush show? It might have been. That sounds about. It might have been. Sounds so like it would be. Felicia was on that one. Yeah, no. Uh, there's there there. I'm here to tell you there is Yeti porn, and my computer is just not cooperating. We'll have to bring it up later. Maybe maybe one of our listeners can can hook us up with some sweet sweet Krampus porn. But yeah, if you go on Amazon, you can download you can download like like dirt cheap Yeti porn that will go right to your Kindle, so nobody knows what you're reading. And I downloaded uh, I downloaded a story called Yeti or Not Here I Come. C U M. Yeti or not here, here I, I come. come. You I'm, can't. Hide. I'm gonna find you. Oh my god. <laughs> Krampus No. Yes. Krampus porn videos. Oh my god. Krampus has sex with busty slut. <laughs> I know what I'm watching after you go home. <laughs> Damn. Krampus porn. There's no pictures of horror porn, bad bad Santa porn. Oh, bad Santa. I'm sure there was Krampus Fortnite hentai. Of course there's hentai. Uh, Krampus knocked porn comic. The Oh my goodness. My goodness. (laughs) Oh. See, Krampus doesn't have like a catchphrase though. Like Santa has ho, 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 you know, or you know, have you my band, my, my old band Scrapple had a song called Santa Fetish. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. Like what? I got more than a lump of coal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, now I'm doing an image search of Krampus porn. And it strokes Santa's beard. I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> it starts there. Krampus porn image search. Again, now it's now it's like now it's deciding it doesn't want to bring it up. All right, you know what? I'm yeah. That just means I'm, that we shouldn't be so filthy. No. Oh, but no, it means we should be filthier. Anyway, uh, <laughs> there's so much I'm gonna have to add out of this. It's okay. We have an excuse to have a party, and what do we do at parties? Uh, no, so yeah, the, well, we're gonna be doing a, a scary a scary ghost story. We're doing a scary ghost story uh, that's not a Christmas Carol because you know, that's pretty much the only ghost story that most Americans know that's uh, tied into Christmas. I'm gonna be reading a story uh, by A. M. Burr. And it's called Smee, S-M-E-E. A little history about uh, A.M. Burridge. He's a writer born in Hillingdon, London in 1889. Yes, his father died in 1906, and A.M. Burridge began writing fiction, partly to support his family. So uh, he wrote this, um, gosh, I think sometime around, let's see, because he passed away in 1956. I think Smee was written in the late 20s, uh, early 30s. That sounds about right. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna read we're gonna read Smee, and uh, we'll put some we'll put some music under this in post, and maybe some maybe some FX. Um, 
and uh, Yin here will provide some color commentary as, a, as I'm, I'm reading the story. So dun, dun, dun. here we go. Smee by A.M. Burridge. No, said Jackson with a deprecatory smile. I'm sorry. I don't want to upset your game. I shan't be doing that because you'll have plenty without me. But I'm not playing any games of hide and seek. It was Christmas Eve. And we were a party of 14, with just the proper leavening of youth. We had dined well. It was the season for childish games, and we were all in the mood for playing them. All that is, except Jackson. When somebody suggested hide-and-seek, there was rapturous and almost unanimous approval. He was the one dissentient voice. It was not like Jackson to spoil sport or refuse to do as others wanted. Somebody asked him if he were feeling seedy. S-E-E-D-Y, seedy. No, he answered, I feel perfectly fit, thanks. But, he added with a smile which softened without retracting the flat refusal, I'm not playing hide and seek. (gasps) Why not, someone asked. He hesitated for a moment before replying. I sometimes go and stay at a house where a girl was killed. She was playing hide and seek in the dark. She didn't know the house very well. There was a door that led to the servant's staircase. When she was chased, she thought the door led to a bedroom. She opened the door and jumped and landed at the bottom of the stairs. She broke her neck, of course. We all looked serious. Mrs. Fernley said, how terrible. And were you there when it happened? Jackson shook his head sadly. No, he said, but I was there when something else happened. Something worse. (gasps) What could be worse than that? This was, said Jackson. He hesitated for a moment. Then he said, I wonder if any of you have ever played a game called Smee. It's much better than hide and seek. The name comes from It's Me, of course. Perhaps you'd like to play it instead of hide and seek. Let me tell you the rules of the game. Every player is given a sheet of paper. All the sheets except one are blank. On the last sheet of paper is written Smee. Nobody knows who Smee is except Smee himself or herself. You turn out the lights and Smee goes quietly out of the room and hides. After a time, the others go off to search for Smee, but of course they don't know who they are looking for. When one player meets another, he challenges him by saying, Smee! The other player answers, Smee! And then they continue searching. But the real Smee doesn't answer when someone challenges. The second player stays quietly beside him. Presently, they will be discovered by a third player. He will challenge and receive no answer, and he will join the first two. This goes on until all the players are in the same place. The last one to find Smee has to pay a forfeit. It's a good, noisy, amusing game. (laughs) In a big house, it often takes a long time for everyone to find Smee. Perhaps you'd like to try. I'll happily pay my forfeit and sit here by the fire while you play. It sounds a good game, I remarked. Have you played it too, Jackson? Yes, he answered. I played it in the house I was telling you about. And she was there? The girl who broke... No, no, said someone else. He told us he wasn't there when she broke her neck. Jackson thought for a moment. I I don't know if she was there or not. I'm afraid she was. 
I know that there were 13 of us playing the game and there were only 12 people in the house. And I didn't know the dead girl's name. When I heard that whispered name in the dark, it didn't worry me. But I tell you, I'm never going to play that kind of game again. It made me quite nervous for a long time. I prefer to pay my forfeit at once. We all stared at him. His words did not make any sense at all. Tim Voos was the kindest man in the world. He smiled at us all. That sounds like an interesting story, he said. Come on, Jackson, you can tell it to us instead of paying a forfeit. Very well, said Jackson, and here is his story. This ought to be good. Have you met the Sangstons? They are cousins of mine and they live in Surrey. Five years ago, they invited me to come and spend Christmas with them. It was an old house with lots of unnecessary passages and staircases. A stranger could get lost in it quite easily. Well, I went down for that Christmas. Violet Sangston promised me that I knew most of the other guests. Unfortunately, I couldn't get away from my job until Christmas Eve. All the other guests had arrived there the previous day. I was the last to arrive, and I was only just in time for dinner. I said hello to everyone I knew, and Violet Sangston introduced me to the people I didn't know. Then it was time to go into dinner. That is perhaps why I didn't hear the name of a tall, dark-haired, handsome girl whom I hadn't met before. Mm. Everyone was rather in a hurry and I am always bad at catching people's names. She looked cold and clever. She didn't look all at all friendly, but she looked interesting and I wondered who she was. I didn't ask because I was sure that someone would speak to her by name during the meal. Unluckily, however, I was a long way from her at the table. I was sitting next to Mrs. Gorman, and as usual, Mrs. Gorman was being very bright and amusing. Her conversation is always worth listening to, and I completely forgot to ask the name of the dark, proud girl. There were 12 of us, including the Sangstons themselves. We were all young, or trying to be young. Jack and Violet Sangston were the youngest, and their 17-year-old son, Reggie, Reggie, Reggie was the youngest. It was Reggie who suggested Smee when the talk turned to games. He told us the rules of the game, just as I've described them to you. Jack Sangston warned us all. If you are going to play games in the dark, he said, please be careful of the back stairs on the first floor. A door leads to them, and I've often thought about taking the door off. In the dark, a stranger to the house could think they were walking into a room. A girl really did break her neck on those stairs. (laughs) I asked how it happened. Fix it was that. about Fix ten years ago before before we came here. There was a party, oops, and they were playing hide and seek. The girl was looking for somewhere to hide. She heard somebody coming and ran along the passage to get away. She opened the door, thinking it led to a bedroom. She planned to hide in there until the seeker had gone. Unfortunately, it was the door that led to the back stairs. She fell straight down to the bottom of the stairs. She was dead when they picked her up. We all promised to be careful. Mrs. Gorman even made a little joke about living to be 90. (laughs) Living to be 90. (laughs) You see, none of us had known the poor girl, and we did not want to feel sad on Christmas Eve. Well, we all started the game immediately after dinner. Young Reggie Sangston... Wait, wait. Hold on a minute. So... 
she makes a joke about Louis B90 and then nobody knew the girl. We didn't want to feel sad on Christmas Eve. Was this, this wasn't the, the dark girl. Ooh. Uh, no, no, wait a minute. No, the dark girl. No, the oh, dark no, girl. No, wait a minute. No, never mind. All right. Sorry. Yeah, all right. right. Uh, take that out. Take that out. Music out. All right. We all promised to be careful. Mrs. Gorman even made a little joke about living to be 90. You see, none of us had known the poor girl, and we did not want to feel sad on Christmas Eve. Well, we all started the game immediately after dinner. Young Reggie Sangston went round making sure all the lights were off, except the ones in the servants' rooms and in the sitting room where we were. We then prepared 12 sheets of paper. 11 of them were blank, and one of them had Smee written on it. Reggie mixed them all up, and then we each took one. The person who got the paper with Smee on it had to hide. I looked at mine and saw that it was blank. A moment later, all the electric lights went out. In the darkness, I heard someone moving very quickly to the door. After a minute, somebody blew a whistle, and then we all wished, rushed to the door. Wished to the door. We all rushed to the door, rather. I had no idea who was Smee. For five or ten minutes, we were all rushing up and down passages and in and out of rooms, challenging each other and answering, Smee! Smee! After a while, the noise died down, and I guess someone had found Smee. After a time, I found a group of people all sitting on some narrow stairs. I challenged and received no answer, so Smee was there. I hurriedly joined the group. Presently, two more players arrived. Each one was hurrying to avoid being last. Jack Sangston was last and was given a forfeit. I think we're all here now, aren't we? He remarked. He lit a match, looked up the staircase, and began to count. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, he said, and then laughed. That's silly, there's one too many. The match went out, and he lit another and began to count. He got as far as twelve, then he looked puzzled. Wait a minute. There are thirteen people here, he said. I haven't counted myself yet. Oh, nonsense, I laughed. You probably began with yourself, and now you want to count yourself twice. <laughs> his son took out his electric torch. It gave a better light. That's a flashlight. Okay, good. His son took out his electric torch. It gave a better light than the matches, and we all began to count. Of course, there were 12 of us. Jack laughed. Well, he said, I was sure I counted 13 twice. From halfway up the stairs, Violet Sangston spoke nervously. I thought there was somebody sitting two steps above me. Have you moved, Captain Ransom? The captain said that he hadn't. But I thought there was somebody sitting between Mrs. Sangston and me. <sighs> Just for a moment, there was an uncomfortable something in the air. A cold finger seemed to touch us all. For that moment, we all felt... Stop panting. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That would make me uncomfortable something in the air. <laughs> Did that make you feel uncomfortable? Yes. <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Just for a moment, there was an uncomfortable something in the air. A cold finger seemed to touch us all. Oh. For that. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 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 
hate when they don't warm their hands up first. <laughs> or cut their fingernails. <laughs> Just for a moment, there was an uncomfortable something in the air. A cold finger seemed to touch us all. For that moment, we all felt something Odd and unpleasant had just happened and was likely to happen again. Then we laughed at ourselves and at each other and we felt normal again. (laughs) There were only 12 of us and that was that. Still laughing, we marched back to the sitting room to begin again. Part three. This time, I was Smee. Violet Sangston found me while I was searching for a hiding place. That game didn't last long. Soon there were 12 people, and the game was over. Violet felt cold and wanted her jacket. Her husband went up to the bedroom to fetch it. As soon as he'd gone, Reggie touched me on the arm. He was looking pale and sick. Quick, he whispered. I've got to talk to you. Something horrible has happened. (gasps) We went into the breakfast room. What's the matter? I asked. I don't know. You were Smee last time, weren't you? Well, of course, I didn't know who Smee was. While Mother and the others ran to the west side of the house and found you, I went east. There's a deep clothes cupboard in my bedroom. It looked like a good hiding place. I thought that perhaps Smee might be there. I opened the door in the dark and touched somebody's hand. Smee, I whispered. There was no answer. I thought I'd found Smee. Well, I don't understand it, but I suddenly had a strange, cold feeling. I can't describe it, but I felt that something was wrong. So I turned on my electric torch, and there was nobody there. Now, I'm sure I touched a hand, and nobody could get out of the cupboard because I was standing in the doorway. What do you think? I think he was in Narnia, and he touched Mr. Thomas. Mm-hmm. You imagine that you touched a hand, I said. He gave a short laugh. I knew you would say that, he said. Of course I imagined it. That's the only explanation, isn't it? <laughs> I agreed with him. I could see that he still felt shaken. Together we returned to the sitting room for another game of Smee. The others were all ready and waiting to start again. Part the four. Perhaps it was my imagination, although I'm almost sure that it was not, but I had a feeling that nobody was really enjoying the game anymore. But everyone was too polite to mention it. All the same, I had the feeling that something was wrong. All the fun had gone out of the game. Something deep inside me was trying to warn me. Take care, it whispered. Take care. There was some unnatural, unhealthy influence at work in the house. Why did I have this feeling? Jack Sangston had counted 13 people instead of 12. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing because that would have been a perfect place to start the heavy breathing. (laughs) (laughs) If you do that again, I'm going to reach across the table and fucking throttle you. Take care, he whispered. Take care. Take care. There was some unnatural, unhealthy influence at work at the house. Why did I have this feeling? Because Jack Sangston had counted 13 people instead of 12? Because his son imagined he had touched someone's hand in an empty cupboard? (laughs) I tried to laugh at myself, but I did not succeed. (laughs) Well, we started again. While we were all chasing the unknown, Smee, we were all as noisy as ever. 
Oh, while, while we were all chasing the unknown Smee, we were all as nosy, noisy. Ugh, let's try this. Well, we started again. <laughs> while we were all chasing the unknown Smee, we were all as noisy as ever. But it seemed to me that most of us were just acting. We were no longer enjoying the game. At first I stayed with the others, but for several minutes no Smee was found. I left the main group and started searching on the first floor at the west side of the house. And there, while I was feeling my way along, I bumped into a pair of human knees. Not the human knees! I put out my hand and touched a soft, heavy curtain. Then I knew where I was. There were tall, deep windows with window seats at the end of the passage. The curtains reached to the ground. Somebody was sitting in a corner of one of the window seats behind a curtain. Aha, I thought, I've caught Smee. So I pulled the curtain to one side and touched a woman's arm. It was a dark, moonless night outside. I couldn't see the woman sitting in the corner of the window seat. Smee? I whispered. There was no answer. When Smee is challenged, he or she does not answer. So I sat down beside her to wait for the others. Then I whispered, what's your name? And out of the darkness, beside me, the whisper came, Brenda Ford. Oh. Part the five. I did not know the name, but I guessed at once who she was. I knew every girl in the house ex by name except one, and that was the tall, pale, dark girl. So here she was, sitting beside me on a window seat, shut in between a heavy curtain and a window. Ooh. I was beginning to enjoy the game. I wondered if she was enjoying it too. I whispered one or two rather ordinary questions to her and received no answer. Smee is a game of silence. It is the rule of the game that Smee and the person or persons who have found Smee have to keep quiet. This, of course, makes it harder for the others to find them. But there was nobody else about. I wondered, therefore, why she was insisting on silence. I spoke again and got no answer. I began to feel a little annoyed. Perhaps she is one of those cold, clever girls who have a poor opinion of all men, I thought. She doesn't like me, and she is using the rules of the game as an excuse for not speaking. Well, if she doesn't like sitting here with me, I certainly don't want to sit with her. I turned away from her. I hope someone finds us soon, I thought. As I sat there, I realized that I disliked sitting beside this girl very much indeed. That was strange. The girl I had seen at dinner had seemed likable in a cold kind of way. I noticed her and wanted to know more about her. But now I felt really uncomfortable beside her. The feeling of something wrong, something unnatural, <laughs> was growing. I remember touching her arm and I trembled with horror. I wanted to jump up and run away. I prayed that someone else would come along soon. Just then I heard light footsteps in the passage. Somebody on the other side of the curtain brushed against my knees. <laughs> the curtain moved to one side and a woman's hand touched my shoulder. Smee, 
whispered a voice that I recognized at once. It was Mrs. Gorman. Of course, she has received no answer. She came and sat down beside me, and at once I felt very much better. It's Tony Jackson, isn't it? She whispered. Yes, I whispered back. You're not Smee, are you? No, she's on my other side. She reached out across me. I heard her fingernails scratch a woman's silk dress. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. Stop. <laughs> the scratching of fingernails across a silk dress. All right. I heard her fingernails scratch a woman's silk dress. Hello, Smee. How are you? Who are you? Oh, is it against the rules to talk? Never mind. Tony, we'll break the rules. Do you know, Tony, this game is beginning to annoy me a little. I hope they aren't going to play it all evening. I'd like to play a nice, quiet game all together beside a warm fire. Me too, I agreed. Can't you suggest something to them? There's something rather unhealthy about the particular game. I'm sure I'm being very silly, but I can't get rid of the idea that we've got an extra player. Somebody who ought not be here at all. That was exactly how I felt, but I didn't say so. However, I felt very much better. Mrs. Gorman's arrival had chased away my, my fears. We sat talking. I wonder when the others will find us. Did you hear that? Did I hear what? I thought I heard a noise. That's probably Felicia downstairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got a little freaked out. That was exactly how I felt, but I didn't say so. <laughs> However, I felt very much better. Mrs. Gorman's arrival had chased away my fears. We sat talking. I wonder when the others will find us, said Mrs. Gorman. After a time, we heard the sound of feet and young Reggie's voice shouting, Hello? Hello? Is anybody there? Yes, I answered. Is Mrs. Gorman with you? Yes. What happened to you? You've both got forfeits. We've been waiting for you for hours. But you haven't found Smee yet, I complained. You haven't. I mean, you mean, I was Smee this time. But Smee is here with us, I cried. Yes, agreed Mrs. Gorman. The curtain was pulled back, and we sat looking into the eye of Reggie's electric torch. Looking right into the eye of Reggie's electric torch. <laughs> I looked at Mrs. Gorman, and then on my other side, between me and the wall was an empty place on the window seat. <gasps> I stood up at once. <gasps> then I sat down again. Oh. I was feeling very sick and the world seemed to be going round and round. Oh. There was somebody there, I insisted, because I touched her. So did I, said Mrs. Gorman in a trembling voice. And I don't think anyone could leave the window seat without us knowing. Reggie gave a shaky little laugh. <laughs> I remember his unpleasant experience earlier that evening. Someone's been playing jokes, he said. Are you coming down? Part six. We were not very popular when we came down to the sitting room. I found the two of them sitting behind a curtain on a window seat, said Reggie. I went up to the tall, dark girl. So you pretended to be Smee and then went away, I accused her. She shook her head. Afterwards, we all played cards in the sitting room, and I was very glad. Sometime later, Jack Sangston wanted to talk to me. I could see that he was rather cross with me, and soon he told me the reason. Tony, he said, 
I suppose you are in love with Mrs. Gorman. That's your business, but please don't make love to her in my house during a game. <laughs> you kept everybody waiting. It was very rude of you, and I'm ashamed of you. But we were not alone, I protested. There was somebody else there, somebody who was pretending to be Smee. I believe it was that tall, dark girl, Miss Ford. She whispered her name to me. Of course, she refused to admit it afterwards. Jack Sangston stared at me. Miss who? He breathed. Brenda Ford, she said. Jack put a hand on my shoulder. Look here, Tony, he said. I don't mind a joke, but enough is enough. We don't want to worry the ladies. Brenda Ford is the name of the girl who broke her neck on the stairs. She was playing hide and seek here ten years ago. The end. I don't know why I made. I don't know. Player. I don't know why I made Tony into such a fop, but I just, you know. Hey, you read it how you read it. It's it's he's a fop. He's yeah, he's that's, a fop. That's that's a, that's all cool. That's oh, that was good. That, that was, was good. Scary, scary. It was a good scary. We'll, yeah, we'll put the right music and sound effects. Under so it. so this is interesting. So you know, here we have a parlor game at Christmas time. So do you guys play any uh, games? Do you guys have like a game night or do anything like that I mean, during the season? No, I mean, well, there's there's Yankee Swap. Oh, that's there's there's a Yankee. We do, you know, a Yankee Swap. I'm not sure. And that Um, is very unique to this area because that's not something that I learned about until I moved up here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you pick you pick a present that's like under a certain amount, and sometimes sometimes it's like like what's the worst fucking thing that you can find. Uh, um, but other times it's more yeah. like yeah, and then other times it's you know it's it's you it's know something that people would want yeah something that you find on a big table of shit at TJ Maxx you know like all those like little under under twenty five dollar gifts right. that are usually things that just wind up in the next Yankee swap you know the recycled things yeah, yeah. yeah. The, or the you- regift. Um, I've seen uh, lottery tickets. That'd be a I've good horror story. Something about the Yankee swap. No, something about the regift. The regift. The, re-gift. the gift that keeps like herpes. That's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> no, but you know, like it would. I don't know, like a, a severed, a severed pee pee. Oh, oh, green. You know, green year after you year. Put it in a big box, and I thought it was going to be a big thing, and it ended up being <laughs> the same severed penis from last year. God damn. It. Oh! Why? 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, I, no. The funny, what, what's the funniest thing you've seen in a Yankee swap? Oh God. Or what's like the, the weirdest or worst gift? <sighs> Um, I got this set of uh, actually creepy babies. They're like the creepy baby ornaments. They were like these horrible, they're, they're supposed to be nice. And, and they're like these baby ornaments, you know, like these Christmas babies, but they were just like these horrible, horrible, like with like, you know, dis extended limbs and just horrible. And there were a set of three and I gave them at the Yankee swap with my family. And I think my sister-in-law took them and I don't know what became of those babies. I don't know if she kept them. There's gotta be a part two to the story. Oh, dear, the maybe she, maybe the she passed babies. them on to somebody else. All I know is that I didn't get them back. I didn't get the creepy babies back, but yeah, no, um, 
I I don't remember. I th- that's the one that sticks out at me is uh, is uh, and then last year last year I wound up with these um these microwavable socks like oh. they're these big furry like Yeti socks yep. and you put them in the microwave that and you can wear for Yeti porn and they, I, I think they smell like lavender so it's lavender Yeti porn Ooh. just because you know because you know like guys Girl, Yeti feet you know how, like you know good. like like in porn like the guys like always have keep their socks on for some reason. <laughs> I'm just saying, dudes, take your fucking socks off. Um, Maybe their feet are really ratchet looking or something. I don't care. But, you know, it's just like, you know, you're 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 all naked except your socks. This is a thing when you're just down to your socks and and it's business time. Yeah, you know what? It's business time. (laughs) They take a lot of care with the grooming. They shave that thing. They do everything. No, they don't. No? Guys? I thought they did. Oh, in porn? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In porn, porn, yeah. In porn, it's all, it's no hair. The porn industry is why I keep European Wax Center in business. (laughs) It's like ridiculous. The standard. And now, yeah, I've been so conditioned. Yeah, that that's back when you I was like. You don't keep a little whisker on the whisker no, biscuit. You know, you know, when I was running and gunning, I was like keeping it, keeping it all, you know, pretty high and tight up there. But you know, like now, now it's just out of force of habit. Like I just, hmm. I find it to be freer and cleaner, and you know, just. All right. You know, not so sweaty because I'm a sweaty person these days. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that's that's, that's out, the wave. I, I'm that age, you know. Yeah. How did we get to I'm how did so, we get, get to, to hairy and menopause and, how, how, and Yeti I'm, porn and Oh, Yeti porn. Right. And, of oh, Yankee swaps. Because of my because of my Yeti porn socks yes. that, that you put in the microwave and you put them on your <laughs> Yeti feet porn and you and they smell like lavender. My lavender Yeti porn socks. Maybe I'll take a picture of them and put them on the Facebook page. So I got those last year. There's a there's a trick that I do at Yankee Swaps mm-hmm. year after year, and I'm I'm like going to tell it what I do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of the people that have is gone it, to is my, it better than my Christmas party like my Christmas party prank? Ooh, tell me what the Christmas, the Christmas party if you're having is. well if you're having any party really is you get a bunch of ping pong balls and you put them in your medicine cabinet. <laughs> to see who's been nosing around because <laughs> like what are they gonna do yeah the ping pong balls all come out and they can't deny that they've been snooping in your medicine cabinet oh that is great my holiday tip to you all pro tip yep that's pro a tip ping pong pro tip. ping pong balls in the medicine cabinet all right so so what was oh, your yankee swap story well mine's just me being kind of lame but I <laughs> what else is new but um so I would bring a, a can of Del Monte peas and wrap it up I would put like a gift certificate to something like Dunkin Donuts or, you know yeah. we're, we're in New England and after all and yeah you guys you gotta swill have it. the dunks card you guys swill that stuff I like don't nothing. don't include me in you guys no I don't drink the hot dog water. You know that. <laughs> so uh, I'll put something, or I'll put I'll, I'll put a nice thing yeah. with it. Yeah. But there's always Del Monte peas in there. So year after year, they're like, I would hear like this commotion going on. Who keeps doing that? <laughs> I found Del Monte peas. And, and, and they, like, do they always have to be Del Monte peas? Yeah. Or can you just get like the the star generic market brand? Or, I mean, you could. You, I think. 
Del, I, I just think it's funny just to hear people go, Del Monte, peace! You know, and ah. I would just like be in the other room, just like laughing my head off. But they, but people would say, who's, who keeps doing that? And I, would, I wouldn't say anything. So, oh, so you're know. Smee. I'm the Smee. You're the yeah. Smee of Except the peas. The Smee of the Del Monte peas. You're the peas, me. <laughs> The peace, the peace, me, the peace, me, the peace, me, the peace, or me, the peace of peace. Now, now you know all yeah. of you who I've in Medford that I've gone to your Yankee swap. So everybody who, knows about the Del Monte peace. Who don't listen to this podcast? All right, <laughs> so, all right. Ping pong balls in the medicine cabinet, and, and some whacked out thing that you, if you go to the same Yankee swap every year. Put a little of your own personal touch on it. Mine happen to be canned vegetables. Yeah, or do the do the Vienna sausage because those things are nasty. <gasps> Vienna sausage. I challenge any, but that's the challenge. I challenge anyone to show on our Facebook page a picture of them eating Vienna, Vienna sausage. Yes, that's, that's my challenge to you all. All right, so yeah. What do we got going on? Yeah, I mean, we're the things. holidays. The yeah. holidays are coming up, and yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a Patreon imminently. Yes, we are. Uh, so if you if you like us and want to and want to support us, you can certainly throw a few coins at us, and and we'll uh, give you uh, swag, I guess, yeah. and and uh, insider content, special special content that's just for you. Yeah. Um, Launching in January. Yeah. Yeah. So Patreon in January. Pay attention. Yeah. So pay attention to that. Um, and as always, please, please, we, we've got like no, no, nothing happening on, on, in, in the review world. Uh, and the, so please, wherever you're listening, if, if, the, if you have the mechanism to leave a review or give us five stars, that would help us so very much. It would help us so very much yeah. as we sit in a, in a, in a dark passage way with a cold clever girl wearing uh, a silk dress wearing a silk dress mm-hmm. uh, you can you can you can leave us a review that would that would help us so very much um we would very much appreciate that and you can listen to us wherever you hear podcasts pretty much and even some places that i haven't even heard of you know some of you are listening to us and uh on the social medias we are stay scary pod on facebook and twitter and on the instagrams we are stay scary podcast so please like us on those various social media platforms There's a monster in the house. There's a monster in the house. There's a monster in the house.